1: Hi everybody, Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, a disturbing trip to the U.S. southern border for a reality check on what's really going on. I have visited the U.S. southern border about a couple of times a year for more than a decade. And the goal is always to see what's going on, without the spin, just to talk to law enforcement, to talk to illegal immigrants, asylum seekers, mayors, residents, it's always eye-opening. Well, for my Season 8 debut a Full Measure, which airs Sunday, September 11th, we're going to show you what we saw while visiting Eagle Pass, Texas, probably the hottest spot right now for illegal border crossings. At the present moment, it seems as though most of those coming across there who want to be caught, not those who are trying to get away, but those who turn themselves in, are from Venezuela and Cuba. And the stories they tell are harrowing, and I believe them. They sound very similar from different groups who have made the same trek. More on that in just a moment. But what I really wanted to know, in addition to how bad things really are, is what Texas is managing to do about it. You might have heard, as we did, that the state's trying to fight back where the federal government will not. They've taken a lot of steps in Texas and they've spent a lot of state money to try to control and mitigate something that's really not supposed to be their responsibility. In other words, the federal government and its policies are allowing illegal immigrants in by the thousands in Southern Texas daily. And the state has little to no authority to stop it. And they're having to spend state taxpayer money just to try to handle the mess, including assisting with rescues and processing of all these people. My impression, the authorities, they are all just weary and exhausted, tired of feeling as though their voices aren't being heard by federal policymakers who could make the difference. Now, more on this with the intrepid full measure crew along on the shoot with me. Joining me are Brian Barr, photographer, and Daniel Steinberger, investigative producer. To give their reflections on this trip, I think it's the first time for all of us in Eagle Pass, Texas. What did you see today, if anything, that kind of surprised you, Brian?
2: Um, I saw a lot of people swimming across the river today. I, I think I think we saw 50, 60 people from that little place. Um, uh, it was quite a. I would. Yeah, I'm almost speechless. I mean, thinking about all the people that I saw swimming in a flooded uh, Rio Grande River today. Um, and then, you know, we saw maybe a dozen or so, maybe a little bit more swim halfway across to an island. And then it seemed like the weaker swimmers uh, towards the end of the group, the one group that we saw, started to. Uh, tire and they started to pull them out of the water And then Border Patrol That was I, that sh- should be said that was what Texas
1: Texas National Guard te- Texas State Na- Guard
2: or whatever Or State National Guard, Texas um, They started to pull people out of the river That were starting to, I guess, tire I guess they were worried People were going to start to drown And they don't want to see that sort of thing But then Border Patrol showed up In their airboat and started to actively encourage people who were kind of standing in the middle of the river on like a bridge abutment to get into their boat uh, to not attempt to swim the rest of the way. Some people still did. So um, uh, that was uh, probably the one of the most real examples I've ever seen of how chaotic the border situation is. Wouldn't you say?
1: I would. I mean, it's so confusing too, because we knew, of course, there would be people crossing in Eagle Pass, you're trying to figure out how they decide when to help them and when to just sort of let them swim and struggle and you're thinking, if you're watching this well they're going to let them in if only they swim far enough and they're going to pull them in the boat I guess if they think that people are starting to drown, but in the meantime they're making them struggle and swim and sometimes they do drown and can't get picked up in time by the rescuers. It's just very confusing. It's sort of a game because it's almost as if would it be better if you're going to let people in with an open border more or less to just pick them up on the other side when they're standing there instead of making them risk their lives and take their babies into the water. And I know that would make it maybe even easier than it already is and more enticing, but This way also just seems odd, to make them pass a certain bar of swimming and then picking them up and letting them come in and stay. It's just, I I thought it was kind of weird. I don't think there's a formal process for determining when they go in to help or how hard and how far they let them swim before they pick somebody up. And then another thing, maybe it's neither here nor there, but I was just surprised with all the people swimming across that more of them don't have either a raft or a float or just something easy and simple that you can blow up, let alone a life vest, because that would certainly be a lot safer for the people who kind of struggle to swim out to, as Brian said, the middle island in the river, and then I guess catch their breath and try to go the rest of the way. The Rio Grande River where we were apparently is usually, um, when it hasn't rained so much like it has been, You know, much lower and much easier to cross. And in some instances, they can just kind of walk across. It wasn't like that when we are observing today. What do you think about what you saw, Daniel?
0: Um, Well, two observations I had, which was we we were in a kind of a span, we were kind of an area of about two or three miles, maybe. And, and at each spot that we stopped in, we were with a, a sheriff's deputy, there was just people. I mean, just, just constant people. Um, and so I, I think the amount of people and the quantity of people um, that are coming um, can't be o- overstated. I mean, just, there's just so many people. Um, you know, and we saw also from the air, like a huge facility. Um, where people are being processed and so um, I think I just think there's it, it's, it's kind of hard to comprehend that if not seeing it firsthand is maybe um, or not watching you know a, a story that's going to kind of put all that in perspective like we'll have on full measure um, but I, I think that can't be overstated the other thing obviously is we talked to some of the people after the fact um, on this trip who have come over and you know there's a lot of harrowing stories, obviously. Um, people came through jungles and were robbed or in some really unfortunate cases, raped. Um, and some, hearing some of those stories is is, um, is heartbreaking in a lot of ways, too. Um, and so, you know, those are kind of the two observations or reflections that I've had the last couple of days in South Texas.
1: Well, one one interesting thing I thought, I try to get some detail when I speak to people who have come across and when they're willing to talk to us and if we have a translator as necessary, I try to get detail because I really don't understand, sometimes in these short news stories I see, how they, literally how they got here, what route they took and how much it cost them, so I don't know if I'll have all of this in the very first story, on full measure for the season on September 11th, but I'll definitely have some of this, if not on one of the subsequent shows, where I'm talking and getting some detail from these people, including families who've come across. And a lot of them, I'll just tell you part of the story that they tell, coming from Venezuela, they have to traverse, transverse, what's the word? (laughs) Several countries. And it requires them, apparently, because several people told us similar stories, they have to go through a jungle, and they, they say that this is not advertised when, when they're told how, gee, they can come to America if only they, you know, come through this route. They say they go into this jungle, which is very dangerous, and they're apparently what they called indigenous peoples in this jungle. I think it's on somewhere on the near the border with Colombia. And they say they're robbed by the indigenous peoples, the pe- those people um, rape the girls, and one woman told a story of she and her husband and her children witnessing a 12-year-old girl being raped. And she said that when the men, inter- when men intervened and tried to protect the girl, they were raped too. They were also, they said, robbed. People are robbed in the jungle by the people that know that they'll be coming through. And then they have to sort of earn money at these checkpoints along the way to pay the cartels. So maybe they stop and work or they get money somehow after they've been robbed and it takes time. And then they pay the next people, but then they get robbed again, they say in Mexico by either what they call immigration officials or Mexican police or somebody. So it's really a terrible thing for so many of them. And one couple we spoke to, the husband, was I believe in Venezuela he said a police officer in the past and I asked him at the end of this interview they talked about all these things they'd seen including people with broken bones who have apparently fallen off these cliffs maybe somewhere near the jungle they saw they said a three-month-old baby fall off of a incline of some kind and die and the parents then hung themselves they said they saw people in various states of decomposition along the river who have died. And I asked, you know, was it worth it or what their reflections were, and they just said they wouldn't try it again if they had known, and they wouldn't wish this on their worst enemy. So these are the kind of things that they go through that strikes me, we're sort of unintentionally facilitating this country by allowing the people to think that they can come in and stay, they take these extraordinary risks and then they're preyed upon by a whole infrastructure of predators and criminals who know they're coming that way. And we basically facilitated this pipeline. And then it strikes me as then we, meaning American authorities, act as the final leg For the human traffickers that have had to be that have demanded payment all along the way they finally make it into the United States and we say where do you want to go and we do the end of the trafficking job for the cartels and the traffickers for free or at taxpayer expense here in this country so it seems really sad and twisted and you can tell it really gets to the border patrol officials and the state officials and the guard troops everybody who's working this just sees the Really ridiculousness of all of it, and in some instances, it starts to feel kind of hopeless.
0: Yeah, and, and the other thing that I thought was interesting is you asked somebody today, after all that coming here and spending days, you know, getting here, um, you know, what's your plan? And they did they didn't have one. Um, and I think for some, they may have family or friends. But a lot of people just don't have a plan. In fact, some people we talked to a couple days ago reached out back to us and said, "I don't. You know, they're telling me I should go to New York, but it's 40 hours from Texas. Should I do that? Should I not do that?" Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't feel in a position to give them advice. um, But you know, I think that's another thing that struck me is a lot of people come here and and have no plan once they get here.
1: Something else that surprised me a little bit in watching the news, I was thinking, oh, Texas is putting them on buses to New York and they don't know where they're heading and they don't know what they're in for, but we're trying to prove a point to New York or Washington, D.C. But in fact, uh, quite a few of the people that we spoke to, the illegal border crossers, told us they wanted to go to New York or Chicago. So rather than me thinking it's a plot by the state to send them there, I, I think that some of them just want to go there. And I suspect it's because those are cities they've heard of and places where they've lived. But the border officials say it's also because they know other people like them will be there and they want to be surrounded by, you know, people that they can relate to and speak to. So they're looking to go to cities where they know there, there are others.
2: I find it amazing that we weren't inundated by other news crews there today as well. It's actually a little, it kind of makes me think a little less of the industry I'm in right now, that, that that something that visually, and amazing is not the right word, but that visually interesting, that event that we witnessed today, which happens what every day, is not inundated by national press. Uh, Not only TV, but, you know, uh, writers and whatnot and and still. I didn't see any still photographers today Um, that uh, I think I saw one network crew and a Japanese crew.
1: the was the Fox News.
2: Fox News was there and um, NHK NHK were, were there. And that was it. And that was it, which is I think is. Uh, I, I hate to say it, it feels like you know kind of an indictment on our industry that, that uh, you know we were there obviously but um, that it's not a more heavily covered event and then secondly you know like I, and I, I think I've, I've had the I'm lucky enough to have seen the origin of uh, you know I was in Honduras covering stories for this company not necessarily for Sinclair or for uh, Fall Measure but for, for Sinclair and I saw a couple of I saw the situation by which these people were fleeing from and I actually saw a couple of individuals begin their trip from uh San Pedro Sula in uh Honduras. Um and I and I still I can't get my head around packing some things in a backpack, you know, and saying goodbye to whoever I am leaving, you know, leaving behind and walking north. Thousands and thousands of miles, right? From Venezuela, from the northern portions of... Is it thousands of miles? A thousand a mile? A thousand miles? I don't know. I don't think it's
1: that far.
2: Well, it's a long way. Yeah. It's a long way. Could you, I just couldn't imagine... Let's look that up. ...how bad it must be that that's my only recourse to, to figure out a better way to live. So, a little heartbreaking.
1: So, let's go back to, you know, you play these things out. We, we come to the border a couple of times a year, and... As I've said before, it's almost like the border has a personality. When What I mean by that is it really does react and change depending on what policies are in play and who's president. And We did see our, maybe the trip before last toward the end of President Trump's term, it was slow. You know, we were surprised to go to ranchers that had been complaining for, you know, years about what was happening with the traffic on their ranches, finally tell us it stopped. We were talking to Arizona an Arizona rancher who said he doesn't see any illegal drug traffic anymore, and it had peaked there. And then we sort of stumbled upon a big story toward the end of President Trump's time in office, I guess maybe... Actually, Biden had taken, President Biden had taken office and he had just stopped construction of the wall. And we were the first TV crew to see some of these gaps in the wall since the construction had stopped. And we came back and reported that for full measure. And now here we are back again with things really having devolved a long way from that trip where people said things were improving. Now saying it's never been this bad, you know, in, in American history. So a lot of changes. And Brian mentioned the media not covering it. Sadly, I just think that's par for the course when I've talked about how a lot of times news reporting today is about shaping a narrative rather than telling you what's really going on on the ground. Because by any neutral observation, this is one of the biggest stories of our time. You know, the biggest spike in illegal immigration in the history of the country and that you can just walk to the bank of the river where we were and see so many people crossing and so much actual tragedy as well, babies and sometimes people drowning. And yet the press isn't here. And when we were staying at the hotel, the woman who checked us in and was asking me where we were from, she said, well, you're the only news crew that's been here along with Fox and Univision, Univision, Univision. So even they know, the people who live there, that they're sort of being ignored or there's selective vision when it comes to so many in the press. And in terms of sheer numbers, I looked up the population of Eagle Pass, Texas. It's pretty small. And then I figured, I want to double check my numbers before I report it on the air, but I'll just say that I figured out the numbers of people that they catch, let alone the numbers who they don't catch. They call them gotaways. And they are processing the size of their city every week or two in terms of how many people are coming in if you can believe that i mean this is just a huge number a huge strain on their resources in terms of police and border patrol and then the last thing i'll comment on that you'll see in our story that we're going to be doing on september 11th is the state of texas has been trying to start its own initiatives to do something to maybe turn back people or send them back or have them not come in the absence of the federal government doing it, they have a lot of measures that they've done that you'll see. And yet the takeaway kind of for me is that none of that has done a whole lot of good in terms of making a big difference because the state does not have the power to take people who come in and claim asylum or come in illegally except in certain circumstances they don't have the power to hold them they have to turn them over to border patrol who whose policy it is to in general release them most the vast majority of them are released in the united states so it starts to feel like as much money as texas has devoted and as many steps as they've taken on their own i'm not sure they're making a lot of headway and everybody's kind of marking time when you ask them and hoping that the policies change from the federal level because that's the only way they think that what's happening in their communities are gonna change. Oh, and I thought of one more thing. More than one person told us when we interviewed law enforcement officials who are dealing with this problem, that this is coming to your doorstep next. You know, we, we've always been told this when we visit the border, but I think now more than ever they're saying, these people are not staying in these border towns. They want to come to other communities in America. They don't want to stay where there are no jobs in these small towns on the border. So this is going to be everybody's problem. And as these numbers become so significant, these record numbers, it's not just something that is invisibly absorbed into the fabric of this country. It's something that I think everybody's going to have to deal with. Okay, I checked on what Brian said, and he was right about the distance from Venezuela to Eagle Pass, Texas. It's something like 2,000 miles. So when he said it was thousands and thousands of miles, he was exactly right. I hope you will watch the resulting report, the result of our shoots in South Texas, on Full Measure Season 8, which begins Sunday, September 11th. For a full TV station list, you can go to CherylAggeson.com and click the Full Measure tab. You'll see a list of stations and times. You will also see how to watch on our app, Stir. It's free, S-T-I-R-R. You can download it and not only watch Full Measure live or on demand, but you can see a host of other entertainment and sports and local news offerings there. And you can support independent journalism by visiting SherylAckison.com and clicking the store tab. I have some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent free thinkers with the proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.